Mark chapter 3 tonight, verse 1 through 6. It says, And he entered in again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. So in this series of service, we've been talking about a lot of things. Jesus' example, Jesus' leadership, Jesus's um, example. No, I already said that one. Jesus's sacrifice. I think that was, and then Jesus's miracles. And uh, I still can't remember them all. I need to memorize them. But if you decide you're going to serve Christ and you start doing something for Him, you can count on, just like Jesus did, that you're going to have plenty of critics. You're going to have people that are going to be standing around watching what you do and they're going to have something to say about it. And it's probably not going to be good. And you know what? If we're not careful, we can really... I mean, it can really discourage you. I mean, when you're doing something out of the goodness of your heart, I mean, you... And then somebody just accuses you of doing it just because you are a glory hog or something. I mean, it can really, it can really bother somebody. And we and I'd like to just you know preach on the critics and just you know bash everybody for being a critic in case any of you are a critic and I'm not saying anybody here is but the truth is you can never get rid of the critics they've always been around I mean think about it if Jesus had critics you better believe we're going to have critics if Jesus couldn't please everybody we're definitely not going to be able to please everybody. And so what's really important is not trying to figure out how we can get rid of the critics. One of the things that I've remembered in the past with people that they're always like, you know, our church is just never going to be able to go forward unless we figure out how to get rid of the gossips. Until we figure out how to control the gossips. Well, i got news for you. There's always going to be gossips. I'm not, try, I'm not justifying it one bit, but you just... The Bible that says that the tongue, it's a fire, a world of iniquity. It can't be tamed by any man. And if you think that some preacher or some sermon is going to straighten out all the gossips out there, you've got another thing coming. And if you let a gossip or you let a critic stop you from doing right, you're never going to do right because they're always going to be around. And so what we have to do is once again follow the example of Jesus and figure out how to work with them being around. Because they're... We're not getting rid of them. We could we could throw them all out of the church, and new ones are going to come in real quick. And we want to be servants, and there are opportunities to serve everywhere and all the time. There's always something to do. Unfortunately, though, many times we don't pay attention to the needs of others, and it can be convicting. This is one of the reasons I think many people are critical. It can be convicting when you see somebody doing something that you know you should be doing. Say you're the critic. All right, maybe the Lord spoke to you about a need somewhere, but you ignored it. You didn't do anything about it. Somebody else is doing it, and you're convicted by it. And a lot of times, human nature, we tend to want to criticize everything that they do. And often, because of our guilt, 
you know, instead of commending them, which is what we should be doing, we just find ways to criticize them. And same thing with Jesus. I mean, most of the criticism that Jesus got was from the religious leaders. Jesus is going and teaching people things that they probably should have been teaching. Jesus is living an example that these people should have been living. And I believe it convicted them. And they weren't used to being convicted. They were used to being the ones making everybody else feel bad while they did all their fancy prayers and things and wore all their fancy garments and standing in front of everybody, being above everybody. They were used to making everybody else feel low. And here Jesus Christ came along, convicted them, made them feel bad, and it it got to them. And they criticized and we're going to just kind of look at some of the methods of critics. It's important that we understand what they do. It's just like Satan. All the problems would go away if there was no Satan. But guess what? Satan's not going away. Not for a while anyway. Uh, he'll, he'll go away eventually. But he's going, to, he's going to be around. And we've got to be able to do like Paul who said we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to be the same way and say you know, we're not ignorant of the critics' devices. I guarantee you after we do are remodeling in this auditorium. And listen, I, I never claimed to be an interior decorator. I've got a picture in my head. I, I think it's going to look great. I, I do. I, most of us will probably be all excited about it. But there will probably be somebody come along. Pick that color, huh? You know, just I mean, we're all we're going to be all excited, and somebody's going to have something to say about it. Uh, you did it like that, huh? And just totally. Kill the excitement. They're going to be around. The devil's been using them for a long time. And if we understand what it is, if we understand exactly what's going on, we'll be able to get past it. Just like we talked about in Sunday school this morning, if we understood that it was Satan that we're talking to, if we were smart, that would cause us to know that, hey, we're doing something right. Because you know Satan's not going to tell you the truth. You know Satan is not going to commend us when we're doing right. He's going to try to make us feel bad. And just because he wants to discourage us. But one of the first things that we notice about critics is that they're observers instead of doers. It says in verse 2 of Mark 3, it says, and they watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day. They don't, so there's, there's always, usually the people that do the most criticizing are the people that do the least. The people that, I mean, you can count on them to never be there. You can count on them to never lift a finger. If something does need to be done around the church, if there's a project that needs to be done, they're not going to be there, but they're going to have plenty to say about whoever does it. They're going to be watching. In my dad's church, there was many there were many building projects that we did there over the years. And there were. Every time we did a building project, there was always somebody that would come along and do the classic, oh, you did it like that, huh? Or we would be in the middle of a project and they would come around on Sundays and inspect the work that was being done. And, you know, most of us there doing the work, we were amateurs. Weren't that good. And we just had, there was this kind of a theme of what my dad taught the men at the church to do when the folks come around and they start inspecting and they start criticizing. That's when you hand them the hammer and say, we'd be happy to let you do it. And you know what? Many times that would shut them up real quick. Because they just want to criticize. They just want to observe. They don't want to do anything. They're not going to be the ones to put in the effort, to put in the work. And the critics, they're observers instead of doers. They're always watching what you're doing. 
They're paying attention to what's going on. I mean, it's kind of like you know the movie critics. I mean, you talk about the easiest job in the world. And you know, people respect them like crazy too. And everybody worries about what the critics are going to say. These people have never made a movie. All they do is sit around and watch them. And they just, that's their job. To criticize them. Boy, talk about the dream job for some people. To just be a critic. And to, and to get paid for it. Okay, you don't usually get paid for it. But some people do. They found a way to make money being critical. And these, these Pharisees, they're there and they're watching Jesus. They're going to see what He's doing. But notice, we never see them ever doing anything to help the crippled. We know that they were never doing anything to help the poor. These people were usually rejected. They were, they were cast aside. They would maybe throw them a few mites or something. They would give them a little money as long as people were watching. So they could look and say, hey, look how charitable we are. Look at what we're doing for these people. But then when somebody comes along that does something that actually makes a difference, all they did was criticize. How dare He heal Him on the Sabbath day? And unfortunately, these people, they didn't understand the Old Testament Scriptures. Jesus rebuked them. He told them many times, the Sabbath or man was not created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was created for man. I say the same thing to environmentalists all the time that don't want us using the resources of this planet. It's like this planet, we were not made for this planet. This planet was made for us. We are allowed to use what's there. The Sabbath, the whole point of the Sabbath, it was because we needed it. Listen, we need a day off. It's okay. Our culture, we like to brag about how busy we are and how we work seven days a week. Listen, if you take a day off, don't feel bad about it. It's good. We need it. It will help your sanity. It will help your health. It will help your marriage. It will help your parenting. It's good to do those things. And Jesus, But at the same time, it was in the Old Testament that it was okay. If your ox fell into a pit, you could go get them out on the Sabbath day. It was okay to do that. There's an emergency. There's a need. Something's got to be done today. And here you have a man that's crippled. Here he's a man with a withered hand. Now, absolutely nothing wrong with what Jesus did, but they wanted they wanted to criticize because that's what critics do. The second thing they do is they look for fault. They look for mistakes. They look for errors. It says, and they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. They wanted to find something wrong. And what they and the way they do it is they make up their own priorities of things. They're one to criticize you know, they want to criticize the effort. For example, one of the things that just it drives me crazy because you know sometimes we get so caught up in our methods of doing things instead of really getting to the heart of issues. But for example, there's churches out there, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. I'm not saying that this is wrong, and I'm not even going to say we're right in this situation. But they've got these rules. That when somebody gets up and they sing a song or play an instrument, no clapping. Because we're not here to glorify man. We're only here to glorify God. And so, no clapping. And let me tell you something. You know, and these people, some of them, they're real professional about how they do it, and they'll go and they'll do their song. And if you go and you compliment them on how they done, they're very spiritual. Well, praise the Lord. All glory goes to God. Did you know that we can be proud and we can be arrogant 
just like that, just like somebody who's getting clapped for. I mean, my my attitude, if people want to clap, just let them do it. If you're singing so people will applaud you, you got a problem. If you're singing so nobody will applaud you and you can look spiritual and humble, then we got a problem there too. Hey, just do it out of the goodness of your heart and don't worry about all that stuff. Just whatever happens, happens. But many times people they're trying to find they're trying to prioritize things and somebody they're going they do something right and they're like, Well, you know, we should be more concerned about humility. Why not just commend them? Because they were trying to glorify God with their voice. Why not just compliment them and commend them because they're trying to bless uh, people's hearts. They're trying to serve the Lord with an instrument. And we're always trying to find fault in the methods, uh, in the things that people do in just goofy areas. Because we all have our own priorities. Well, I think humility is the most important thing. And that's why I don't think you ought to sing in church because you're probably just going to get lifted up with pride. And that person that sang, I just I think they were arrogant through it all. You know, why don't you stop worrying about what's in people's head and just worrying about what you're doing? That's it. Once again, critics, they come up with their own priorities. I mean, obviously it's okay to help a crippled man, but keeping the Sabbath, that's a lot more important. And the truth is, that wasn't more important. But they come up with their own priorities. You know, it's funny too because you know, everybody in the world, said so, you know, everybody always says you know we can't be judgmental. You know, you've got the the homosexual crowd that you know they're real big on you know we're not supposed to criticize anybody's lifestyle. The news media, you know, how dare this Christian group speak out against this or speak out against that? But at the same time, they you know they all have kind of their areas. Where if there's certain things that people do, I mean that's just the worst thing in the world. You know, for Christians, we, you know we think the worst thing in the world maybe. So I'm just throwing one out there that we like to pick on is being a homosexual, and you can criticize that all you want. Where the news media, their idea, the worst thing in the world you can do is to criticize somebody else for their alternative lifestyle. And you know everybody's got something that they think is bad. Everybody's got something that they think is immoral. And many times we just kind of come up with our own priorities of what's right and what's wrong, what's good, what's not good. And we criticize everybody based on our own code that we've come up with. And that's what these Pharisees did. They made a bigger deal about the Sabbath than God did. They misused the Scriptures. Keeping the Sabbath clearly was in the Scripture, but that Jesus was not violating the Scripture by healing this man. And many times people will do that. They will criticize you and they'll even throw a Scripture verse at you. And sometimes it will make people feel really bad. Man, they just they threw Scripture at me. I must be doing something wrong. And it discourages them. And the truth is, they're misusing Scripture. They're critics. That's what they do. But critics, they're also afraid to take a stand. Here they are. They're watching, they're watching what Jesus is doing. I mean, here... You got one guy in the place that's actually doing something. You got one person that's trying and doing it very successfully, by the way. And notice, you know, Jesus, he knows in their heart in verse 4, he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. Jesus gave them a chance to bring their argument out. Notice, he's doing this. Nobody has said anything to Christ about it. 
He just knows what's in their heart. Nobody said anything to him. And here he is, and he gives them a chance. Alright, hey, if I'm doing something wrong, somebody go ahead and tell me. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? These people obviously didn't think it was, but they were afraid to say anything. You know why? Because if they would have said something, now they're going to have to come out and they're going to have to debate with Jesus Christ. Well, that would have been, and they they were smart enough to know that would be a big mistake. Critics will never put themselves in a position where they're going to be challenged. They're afraid. They know they can't win the challenge. They're not going to go and get involved in a real debate. There's all kinds of protesters and things out there that are all for criticizing everything. But you ask them, hey, what should we be doing? I have no idea. But they're real good at criticizing everything else. That's one thing I'll say for the politicians, the people who are in office. While I like to criticize them as much as anybody, I haven't ran for office yet. So i got to kind of keep that in mind when I'm criticizing these people. I've never done what they've done before. I do that all the time. I mean, I'm I'm a Baptist preacher. I'm opinionated. I look all the time, and you know, just and I, you know, I might me and my wife are having a conversation. We'll see this other church. It's like, you know, I I think this is probably what they ought to be doing. You know, that church maybe it's a bigger one. They've got a Bible college. You know, if I had a Bible college, I think I would do it this way. But I always try to remember to throw the disclaimer out there that you know what, I never ran a Bible college. I've only been pastoring for not even two years. They've been pastoring for 30 years. And so, in the meantime, I think I'm going to go ahead and not criticize them for it. I'm not going to hold it against them. Listen, there's not a person in the world that I agree 100% with on everything. Not one. Not even my wife. She's wrong a lot. and So I can't agree with her all the time. <laughs> but hey, there's not one person like that. And so, and one of the things that, uh, but we have to do is just sometimes just understand what our place is. I'm not the pastor of any other church, but this one. I'm not the head of any other family, but my own family. And we got to be very careful about how critical we get. Sometimes people too, they think that somebody ought to be doing something a certain way. Maybe they think you ought to be raising your kids a certain way. Sometimes. Other family members will do things like this. And they'll come along, you know, I think you ought to be doing this. Well, thank you for your opinion. I appreciate that. And then these same people, if you don't follow through and do what they tell you to do, they'll get mad. They'll get offended. Listen, I mean, I hang around Baptist preachers. And they're all the ones I hang around with are all pretty opinionated. And I'm thankful there's some that I hang around, they will, they will flat out to my face tell me what they think. In a nice way, and if I disagree with them, they're okay with that. Like, hey, this this is what this is my opinion. This is what I believe. And if I don't do it, they'll leave me alone. There's others out there. If you don't do what they think, if you do disagree with them, they don't want to be your friend anymore. And that's that's pretty sad, right there. But we ought to be will. You know, we need to be willing to take a stand on what we believe. And speak out. If you're really right, if it really is that important, listen, if it's a sin to have green carpet, 
You should have said something in the business meeting today. You had a chance. All right? You had your chance to vote. You had your chance <laughs> to say something about it. That was what you should have done. But you know what? After the fact, I find out that everybody thought that that was just the ugliest carpet that they ever saw and that they thought the choice was stupid. Why didn't you say something before when I was asking? And that's what critics do. They always wait until afterwards. They won't speak out before. And Jesus, right there, He said, hey, is it lawful? And if they would have said, no, it's not lawful, the discussion could have been made right there. They could have went and they could have went back and forth with some Scriptures and gotten it all straightened out beforehand. But that's not what they do. They're going to, wait. They're going to let you do whatever it is you're planning on doing. And probably either way you do it, they're going to criticize what you do. They're going to find something wrong. They're not going to, they're not going to speak out ahead of time. It's, it's just the way it is. So I try to be that way. I think, you know, thank the Lord. I, I shouldn't even say this because I just might be asking for it. But I mean, we've been here going on two years now and we haven't had any troublemakers come through that just, you know, want to cause grief. It's, they're very common in churches and I said, Lord's protecting us, I, I guess. But, you know, I try to just be up front. I try to put things out there. Hey, you know, this is kind of what we're thinking. This is what we're planning. Give people a chance to say what they think. I want to know what people in the church are thinking. I want to know where people's hearts are at. I want to make sure that if we're planning something in the church, that it's not just something I want to do. It's something that the church is wanting to do. And many times, though, pastors will do that and people do. They just keep their mouths shut. They don't say anything until... Things start getting done, and then they criticize when they never said anything before, and that is that's cowardly. These people that were criticizing Jesus, they were cowards, and that's and critics they speak they do speak out, but only behind your back. Verse six says, and the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. They go and they watch this whole thing. Jesus gives them a chance to talk. They don't say a word. Jesus does a good thing. He heals the man. And all of a sudden, come on guys, let's go. Let's get out of here. And they all get together. They go with the Herodians. Alright, we're going to get him. We're going to put a stop to this once and for all. In modern times, what this is called in churches is they have a private business meeting in the church. Those are bad news. Right? Listen, uh, I've heard a lot of stories of this where the church decides to have a business meeting and they don't tell the pastor about it. And they have it at somebody's house. And they usually know who to invite to these meetings too. And then they'll plot stuff and they'll all plan, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to call for a business meeting. And then we're going to, you know, we got to make, they're trying to make sure they have enough votes. So we're going to vote the pastor out. Anytime a secret business meeting is going on in the church, there's a huge problem. And, and by the way, uh, it's in our church constitution. There are no secret business meetings. In this church, all right, we're not going to go meeting in secret. If we're going to have a business meeting, we're going to announce it in church ahead of time. I'm not going to go calling everybody up. Hey, we're going to have a business meeting tonight or tomorrow night. Don't tell anybody because we're planning on voting the Menezes out of the church, and uh, we don't want <laughs> we don't want hey, people do that though. And it, it's wrong. They're I mean, just scared to death. And you know, what? many times when churches have done this to individuals in the church, when they've done it to pastors. The pastor had no idea that anybody was even upset with them. 
He thought he was doing a good job. He thought everybody was happy. And all of a sudden, one day, he's there in church and thinking everything's great and is standing there and is just blindsided with a church full of angry people getting ready to throw him out. I know of a pastor up north that passed, I think he's there for 15 years. I mean, good pastor doing great work. And all of a sudden, one day, just out of the blue, he found out that that church, they didn't really like the old-fashioned stuff. They wanted to take a more contemporary route. And they decided they didn't want him. They fired him. He didn't get... I mean, so they didn't give him any severance pay or anything. It was just... I mean, out of the blue, he had no idea what was going on. That very thing happened. He got voted out of his church because they wanted to go liberal. And they knew it wasn't going to happen with him as the pastor. And it was, I mean, just absolutely wicked. I can only, I can't even imagine what's going to happen to the people in that church. And, you know, he's, he's pastoring somewhere else right now. But that's the way critics work. They speak to you behind, they speak about you behind your back. Listen, whenever somebody comes to you and they want to criticize you about somebody in the church, they want to tell you about something bad somebody's doing in the church, one of the best questions you can ask them, have you talked to them about it yet? And if they say no, don't talk to me about it. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about this. You go talk to them first. And you know what? That will end it most of the time because critics are scared to confront people to their face. I'm telling you, they, they can't do it. They are, they are spineless cowards. And that's what these people did. But they, ultimately, they're trying to destroy. In verse 6, they, they said how they might destroy him. Hey, we need to we need to finish this guy. He is the people are not following us anymore. They're following him. We've got to finish him. We've got to destroy him. They wanted, you know, if they could have, they would have they would have found dirt on Jesus. If he'd have had some kind of skeletons in his closet that they could have drug out, they would have done it. But they couldn't. It's kind of like Daniel. We're going to talk about him Wednesday. These people they wanted to destroy Daniel. They wanted to bring him down. But they said, there's nothing. We've got nothing on this guy. The only way we're going to be able to get anything on him is if it's concerning the law of his God. He will not disobey the law of his God. And what a testimony that was. And so they had to make up a law that they knew he wouldn't be able to follow based on his supreme law that he followed. They wanted to destroy him. These people, they wanted to bring down Jesus. He was he was having an influence that was above theirs, and they thought we we can't have people listening to him. They couldn't find dirt on him, so we're just going to have to kill him. And that's ultimately what they ended up doing. They killed him. I mean, you would think that after something like that, no, you know that they that would have finished them. Nobody would ever listen to these people again. But you know, unfortunately, we see it all the time where people are destroyed. Maybe. By gossip, they're destroyed by these things, and it's amazing how many of the sheeple that are out there just follow along with it and will not stand with these people. I mean, it's amazing how it happens in church. Like, didn't anybody stick up for the pastor in that situation? No. I mean, these people that were just—they were friends of them one week and loved them. Now they'll—they've never—they're never going to talk to him again. That quick? You can turn on somebody that quick? What's going on? 
People are like that. And many, like I said, they went from flocking to Jesus, wanting to be healed by Him, wanting to see His miracles, to crying out, crucify Him. These people were successful in destroying Jesus temporarily. And critics, if we're not careful, we will let them, we'll let them destroy us. That's what they want to do. There's, listen, there's going to be people out there, the more we start doing as a church, the bigger the impact we start having, the more critics that are going to be out there, they're going to want to do whatever they can to bring us down. They'll make, if they have to, they'll make up, they'll make up things. They'll do, they'll do whatever it takes. And we've got to realize that we've been called to service. We've been called to be servants of God. And how do we handle these people? We don't really handle these people. Jesus said He gave them a chance to say anything. They didn't do anything. And they didn't say anything. And Jesus just went on His way. He healed that man. He did what He needed to do. He did what was supposed to be done. And that was that. That's what He always did. He never let the critics stop Him from doing anything that He was supposed to do. And that's really all we can do is just keep on serving. You get criticized for what you do. Maybe you get up in church and you sing a special and your voice cracks, or you just do a terrible job, or maybe you you know you play the piano and you and you mess the song up. I mean, whatever it is, you just and people criticize you. They pick on what you're doing. You just keep on serving. You just keep on going. Remember, we're serving God. We're not serving man. Many times that will happen. People think, hey, you know, all I did was try to help these people, and look what they did to me. Well. Were you serving man or were you serving God? We serve God by serving man. And just like Jesus washed the feet of all the disciples, including Peter who was going to deny Him that night, including Judas who had already determined in his heart that he was going to betray Him, we've got to be the same way. Just remember, hey, I've got to even serve the critics. That's no fun. But you know what? I'm serving God. and so I'm following Jesus' example. Our goal is to please God and not please man. Don't get too caught up and don't get too worried about what the critics say. Worry about what God thinks. And so I've seen people where they've they've decided they're going to put themselves out there. They take that step of faith. And all right, I'm going to start serving in this area. And you know, I've seen it when the critics come and they start and they get discouraged and Sometimes people, the people serving will get very angry. And they'll, it's like they want you as a, as a pastor to destroy these critics, eliminate these critics. You know, I've heard several people say, you know, I wish the pastor would preach more on gossip. And you know, I, what I, I want to sometimes just choke these people and say, listen, gossips aren't going away. You just got to learn how to live with them. You've got to learn how to overcome them. I'm not, I'm not justifying what they do one bit, but they're always going to be around. And if you let them stop you, I mean, people all the time, oh, I'd sing in church, but I'm not going to because of this person. What a horrible attitude. That's not Christ like one bit. Jesus went on in spite of the critics. We don't see Jesus ever doing anything to eliminate the critics, we just see him going on in spite of the critics. And that's what we've got to do. And that's what I hope that you'll do. Because to be happy, we have to, we have to be servants. But in being servants, 
you're going to be criticized for what you do. And so, if I can, if I could accomplish anything in this message, it's just to prepare you for that. Right, Brother Sean, he's going to be preaching here in a couple weeks. You know, it'll be his first time here. He might get nervous and mess up. And you know what? Somebody might have something to say. You know, sometimes even preachers, we get kind of preaching, get going. Sometimes we might mix up a biblical fact or something, not get it exactly right. Hey, you know what you said in church today? I get that every once in a while, usually from my wife. It's like, I said that. <laughs> hey, you just keep going. You just keep on serving. And who, I mean, who cares? I'm serving God. I'm not serving man. So let's all stand together tonight. Heads bowed and eyes closed.